I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday morning to you. Oh, How are good you, morning, Andy. Yeah, we're good. It's good. Wait a minute. Do we have our fourth? Our fourth? Uh, he hasn't shown. Yeah. Well, you know, joining us on the podcast this morning is a long dead CGI James <laughs> Dean. He just... Because frankly, there was just nobody else who could join us in the world. When you think about who we women. needed as our fourth podcast you know, guest, he's the only one who fits the bill. Were you? Uh, <laughs> he's the only one. He's the only one who can keep up. Frankly, I mean, really, in the world of podcasting, of high stakes movie podcasting, it is dead CGI James Dean that can keep up. Was this ridiculous? I'm sorry. I know we need to talk about your thing, but this has been this has been lighting me up for some time now. No, it's it's ridiculous. And as I said in Discord, I don't 
I don't understand at all. It's it's like digital puppetry, and it's yeah. a tremendous. I I don't know how you credit that performance. You've got somebody else doing the voice, somebody else doing the motion capture. So whose performance is it? It's completely different from Andy Circus as Gollum, which is one person Whoa. Whoa. wearing basically a Whoa. digital costume. Are you kidding me? That what? was not a real what? being. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. I Andy believe that. That was I, good. I, I forgot. I forgot. I thought I, Andy That's thought right. the hub was a documentary. It was I, really I amazing trip that. around New Zealand. Um, yeah. That's right. Well, Ed, let's just say yeah. before we get more irate, this is uh, we're talking about a new film directed by Anton Ernst and Tati Golik. And uh, it is a uh, they're using James Dean, uh, who died in 1955 uh, in a movie that is uh, that they are making called Finding Jack, an adaptation um, of the Gareth Crocker novel. And what they said was, here we go, quote. We searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan, which has some extreme complex character arcs. And after months of research, we decided on James Dean. No, I, mm-hmm. that's like the weirdest audition ever. <laughs> it's horrible. It is it like as a living actor, let's say you go into that audition. Yeah. What is it that they're asking you to do? Because, like, noting that you're going yeah. up against a bar that has been set on dead James Dean, right? I, I, it's just such a weird. I, I, it's a gimmick. I mean, it would it would have made sense if they were doing a period piece and there was a and James Dean was a character, so you have him have his performance. So, like, um, what was it? Once upon a time in Hollywood, wasn't there? Um, Steve McQueen to do something like that, where you've got a historical film makes sense. I, this, this story they're telling James Dean was not a person in the story. So it, no. to me, it's completely insulting to every other living actor right now to say, Oh, you know what? None of you are really qualified to do this. This dead guy who actually won't be giving the performance at all. <laughs> other people will that whose names will probably never be known are going to do it. And that's what we're, it's, it's a complete, just money grab and it insults me and i don't know if i believe well do you do you guys feel like this was inevitable like i feel like this is we've been going down this road for some time i mean i remember when there was a big stink when they did uh like it was it i can't remember it was gene kelly or fred astaire dancing with Mm -hmm. the hoover in a super bowl Uh, commercial right yeah Uh, Yeah. you know i mean you know musicians are doing it all the time with their images on or you know people are doing it with musicians images i should say putting them on stage to perform songs it's it's become a thing but there's something about it that now that it's here i'm like oh i don't i knew this was a road we were on but i didn't actually know i really didn't want to get to this destination this yeah. is a different destination than I thought that those other things were getting to because with the, you know, dancing with the Hoover, it's, they were, it was, 
I think that was just bad CG, you know, animation, but it was the actual performance of that person here. Like I said, it's a digital James Dean costume, which is completely different from taking existing material. And to me, there's no good reason when they did it with in, um, you know, uh, what was it? Rogue one. It was, we have, you know, these characters and we're going to use them again. There's no reason why James Dean, if it there, I can't justify that choice. If, if we had other reasons. And I think it's, it's an interesting idea to have act. I mean, going back to Gemini man, where you're using basically a, you know, a young Will Smith digital mask. There's a reason for that. That's important to the story uh, because we chose to cast Will Smith and we need a younger version. Again, makes sense to me. I have yet to, to have an explanation of that justifies to me this decision of this actor and why why a digital performance is well and it's even necessary. different when you i mean it made you and other people uh think about a show that uh, you guys covered on the trailer rewind the uh the congress yeah which has an actress who basically goes through a digital uh recording in order to become a digital actress and and but even that right. is a different future because that entails her willingness to sign the dotted line and say take my recordings and now they're yours and you know have me act in right. whatever that's different than this thing with James Dean who obviously didn't even know this was coming down yeah. from it's just i i don't know i i think the whole exactly. thing is um like you said it's a gimmick to uh, get notice, and uh, I don't know. Part of me makes uh, I, I wonder if it ever actually is going to get off the ground. I do too. I although I don't know. They seem pretty uh, yeah. enthusiastic about it, and the family apparently supports it. And uh, that's you know, I, I don't know if that makes who's it better. The, or I, I was wondering, uh, you know, is it who's the James Dean family? Is it what did he have siblings, or is it? I don't know. The, yeah, the I'm just estate. wondering who that is. Yeah, somebody's managing him, I guess. But yeah. I don't know. He died so young. It's not like he had a family or anything. I mean, his own personal family. Well, yeah. I, and, and you know, I mean, I don't know. I, it, 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 I keep going back to the three movies that he was in, and I think, mm-hmm. okay, is there any other living actor that I can imagine in those movies? Because they, they would probably <laughs> right. be fine as yeah. this character of Rogan. <laughs> and the list is 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 fairly substantial so it's just this is just a creepy weird publicity play and it's it's not tasteful yeah uh, so yeah that's it, the that's the thing i was up in arms about and it's the funny thing is it's a vietnam war era so it's not like they're yeah. in the era when he yeah. was alive it's right <laughs> He was not, it's not like he was a contemporary of the period. Right, exactly. (laughs) This is like Boston Robotics. This is what it is. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. (laughs) We're all going to die because they they keep building robot dogs. (laughs) 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 They would stop building robot dogs. They're so cute and fun and they wiggle. Exactly. That's that's what they (laughs) said about. They're so cute until they're wiggling their razor blade claws on your face. (laughs) Yes. 
And look what happened uh, to that, those horror yeah. vacuums that spurned the whole generation. Did you see the, uh, I, I think I posted in Discord, the Quarter Crew, they did their Boston Robotics sort of knockoff. That's one where, of my favorite the things ones in from the world. The, what was it, like last week where the mm-hmm. robot sort of like fights oh, back? Well, they, yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're abusing yeah. the oh, robot. Yeah. See, well, this is, they, the, but, humans are stupid. But they do, they do th- but it, that, what made that so believable is that's what you see in those where they've got the hockey sticks of their distance, they sort of like, can we make this walking robot sort of stumble and fall yeah. over? And they just huh? took it a little bit further. And yeah, <laughs> this is the thing about corridor crew is I look at uh, really all their work, but that one in particular, it just highlights the enormous Cassandra complex that's going on right now. Like I just <laughs> am sure that corridor crew sees the future and we just don't believe them. And that's all going to be our doom. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, so, so what bad. else is happening in? Uh... Is there anything else on the news? Uh, let's see. I I see that, and and my search for what's going on in the world. Uh, the original surviving Ghostbusters cast will return in Ghostbusters 2020. I just don't even know what to That's say about weird. that. Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, Annie Potts each completed their work on Ghostbusters 2020. I still don't even know what to say about that. I'm just not a fan of the. I'm not a fan of the Ghostbusters franchise anyway. So it's like eh, I'm not too excited. Okay, then let's let's mine another '80s era thing. And how about the TV series series based on a league of their own? (laughs) That what that strikes me as something like let's come up with something because we need to have more programming for girls. That's uh, Amazon turning the beloved 1992 sports dramedy A League of Their Own into a half-hour comedy series. Now, I wonder, I I don't know anything about this, but I wonder if they're doing it in the era. Like, if this is still going to be taking place during the war, and it's, it's, you know, women who are playing ball because... It it does. It does, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because I was like, well, you could just do the same thing, but it's just present day. Because I think that you could easily tell that story and just, you know, make it a present day story. Save on all the period costumes. No, it uh, begins with the Formation League in 1943 and follows the Rockford Peaches season to season as they struggle to keep the team alive. Yes, starring the good places, Darcy Carden. I can see that. So, I love Darcy Carden. Oh, I know. On. I can see that I happening. I, I mean, people yeah, love yeah. sports shows. Yeah. I mean, Friday Night Lights mm-hmm. went from a successful film to a very successful yeah. TV series because you're able to follow the, the, the challenges over courses of seasons. And I think that's actually yeah. a pretty good way to do this. And um, I, yeah, I I think it could work. Have, have either of you guys watched Glow on Netflix? No. About the... I oh my gosh! No, and I know oh. I should because everybody I love oh, it is, is in so it. good. It is so good. It's taken yeah. the first season. I I assume is based on a somewhat is you know factual of how things got started, but then they just develop these characters in a great way. That by season three, I think it was where they were like moving to taking the show to Vegas. I thought I they're they're done. They, there's nowhere to go, and they just these they have a really strong writing team that has just found a great stories to tell with these characters and it, it's it keeps me hooked so I, i'm hoping for the same thing here That's with fantastic. the league of their own where you've got some great you get some great characters with some great actors here to tell some very entertaining stories yeah. unlike 
Ghostbusters 2020, which might hey, makes I mean, me feel like you're a uh, fan of Ghostbusters. Are you excited about yeah. this new? No, because it makes me think of like Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, you yeah. know, it just. Uh, Why did you make know. me think of that one again? <laughs> so Is Harold Ramis in it? Oh, they determined that the only way they could do it is if they actually brought Harold Ramis in to perform the part. So he will be performing yeah. the digital Harold Ramis. He's been it's, exhumed. Oh Actually, God. this is a different thing. They've exhumed him and they've brought his. It'll be like the Monty Python sketch where robot, they just drape him. There's on the actually couch. a robot Andy Circus inside of him, and he's actually puppeteering the exhumed corpse of Harold. Oh, Ramis. that's horrible! I can't believe you guys let me wow, say that. Okay. We didn't. Not, not only did we let you say it; it's out there on the internet forever. It's going to haunt you, you for decades. Yeah, that's on you. Mm. Like the ghost of Harold Ramis. I was going the James I, Dean route. You went the straight up. You? You know, let's reanimate his corpse route. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do have to say I have one more bit of news that I think uh, is, is very exciting for all of us. Uh, you remember, because I know it's at the top of your flick chart, uh, the hit film uh, Kung Fury. Yes. Have you have you heard about the, the Kung Fury 2? The director has landed... Uh, has landed a, a, a couple of real casting oh, gotchas. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is good. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> will be playing the cigar-chomping POTUS. Oh. And uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> he is going to be the gun-toting sidekick Colt Magnum, plus uh, time-traveling Hitler, the Lonely Island's uh, Jorma Tacone, and uh, gun machine-gun-wielding Vikings. Half dino, half human law enforcer, known as Triceracop, and David Hasselhoff. It is the, uh, it's a bananas, it's bananas that that got where it did, you know, especially because it's just a short film, basically. It's just a short film that these guys did, and yeah. and here it is. <laughs> just, uh, and it was great. It's, it's entertaining. It is entertaining. It's like, it exactly I can't that. remember what I rated it, it on that- Letterboxd. I'm sure I could go look. Probably like two stars, but I probably gave it a heart. That's It's right up there yeah, with Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Which, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Kung Fury. Right. I'm, I'm those are the things now. I was excited yeah. about. Oh, there is a, there is apparently for those who are gearing up for uh, Star Wars, uh, Resistance Reborn is a book that just came out last week that you need to read if you want to know what happened between the last movie and the new movie. Apparently, this is a book that is in canon, Resistance Reborn in the Star well, Wars. They, wait, wait, wait. Go. I got to read a no, book before, they, between these they movies? They just say that. You don't They've have been to. doing this no, no, no. on like all the other movies and, you know, the comics tie between them and stuff, yeah. but you don't have to, you know. They like to say you have to. But I will say but, that no, no, no. I'm not saying, I, I certainly am not saying that. All they're saying is this is a story that takes place in between and and that it is something that if you are interested in such things, you can go read them. But I will tell you that I've read a number of these more recent uh, books and they're really good. Uh, some of them are, are, some of them are quite good. And uh, I think they've done, the authors in the Star Wars universe have done a great job of uh, of playing with perspectives. And, and uh, I think they're... <laughs> In some cases, dare I say, better than the movies. <laughs> I said, how, how do they compare? How do they compare to the Jack Reacher novels, Pete? Tell me that. <laughs> Shall we do trailers? We're we going back to <laughs> yes, that. <huh>? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Old wounds. 
wounds. Right. A little, little salt, a little salty this morning for you, Pete. I know, a little salty. Oh wow! All right, so trailers. Who's up first? Uh, Steve, you posted first. Yes, I did, and it felt like it was—I don't know—that time of year when we start getting those Oscar movies. I don't know this one. I, I'm surprised I hadn't heard about it until before now, since it's coming out in December. It's only a month away, but this is a film with Samuel Jackson, Anthony Mackie, and Nicholas Holt as the true story of one of the first African-American bankers in the United States. Uh, So it it is an interesting story about uh, the history of this country, racism, all of those things. And then it said directed by George Nolfi. And I recognized that name and I could not place him for the life of me of why that name struck a bell. And I thought, oh, now I remember writers, uh, writer of Oceans 12, Born Ultimatum. But then he rec- directed the Adjustment Bureau, which also starred Anthony Mackie, because I it, I was wondering who's tackling sort of this this heavy subject matters. It's somebody that has you know sort of a pedigree in these these types of films. Or are we going to end up with another Green Book, which is you know potential fear for a film like this? Uh, is he the right guy to be telling this story? I don't know, but it looks like a really fun story. Uh, again, I love you know learning about the history of this country. Stories I didn't know, you know, based on true events. Uh, so this sort of just struck me as. One of those holiday era, holiday time of the year type films that uh, be good for the whole family. You learn a little bit about America and, and you know, Samuel Jackson, Anthony Mackey. What could go wrong? And this one is of note because it is the, I believe it's the first trailer that's being uh, um, uh, released for one of Apple TV Plus's film filmish properties. So this is another one that's like uh, Netflix has been doing all along. Gets a little bit of a window of a theatrical release and then drops on Apple TV+. It Plus. does? Where did you... I didn't even know that. Did I miss... Apple has offered to look as one of its first few oh. Apple TV Plus movies with a trailer for The Banker. Look at how woke you are. You're, you're streaming service <laughs> I, woke. No. Uh, oh, man. That you no, are... No, because this is going to be... Is this going to be one of these things now where it's like... Oh, it okay, definitely it is, is going to be one I of see. these things. No, 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 no. It's definitely no, no, one no, of those things. Because, <laughs> like, last weekend I went and saw Motherless Brooklyn and my brother texts me and he's like, hey, how come we're not going to see The Irishman? I'm like, because it's not here. It's the same thing. Limited release yeah. December 6th, digital. So, so it might not when they play start this, li- here, It, it might not play anywhere except for, like, the coasts yeah. again, which irritates me. I know. I'm, I'm going to move to L.A. just looks, so I can start watching these movies in theaters. Yes, it's only what is it a three-hour drive? You should just no, he, for him it's like forty-five minutes. He's almost there. <laughs> He's on the other I'm side, east, east LA. Oh yeah. Oh man, I didn't. Even, I just walked into this mess. Oh. No, did. This, I I don't mind the studios doing this type of model, but this whole like studios versus streaming services and the theaters and all this just. Think of the people. We want to see a movie. And just let me let oh, me you know, see I the actually... movie in the way I want to see it. <laughs> Here's my $12. I want to see this. Nope, sorry. Well, We're only it... playing it in these two theaters. You can watch it on your TV at home. Oh, even better. Watch it on your phone. Yeah. Well, here's uh, the thing. And no. But just watch real close, Steve. Real close. It's the same thing. Okay. Here's the Here here's go. the thing. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly the I, I know that Scorsese is up in arms about this. And I get it. I really appreciate his opinions and I definitely see the problems that's happening. But 
I think that we are in an evolution of the medium right now and certainly an evolution of the distribution services. And unfortunately, just, you know, the way that people are gravitating to product, it's shifting into this method where, you know, the release window for theatrical is going to be smaller for the types of films that likely are the ones that Scorsese is talking about. You know, it's it's the way that things are shifting. And I, I'll just say, if it means that I'm still getting these sorts of films, then great, because I think The Banker looks great. I really want to see it. I'm curious about this story. And um, would I prefer it to be a big theatrical release? Absolutely. But I know things are shifting, and I don't know if the system is working to change that at all. And uh, I know we're supposed to be talking about this trailer, but I got onto this, no, too. No, but, it's, it, I, but I just... I, I, yeah. This looks like a really compelling story. I love these actors in it. I am very compelled by what I see here. And I mean, it looks like a theatrical thing. It doesn't look like a TV movie. So yeah, I mean, count me in on this, however I can watch it. But I do think it is an interesting element in the conversation of how are things shifting in our, uh, in this uh, industry right now? And, um, you know, and why? And is there going to be a change or are we going to have to just deal with watching stuff this way now <laughs> no it's just it's just like hey you know what it, you know it costs so much to print books we're just going to release them in la and new york everybody else you can just get them on your kindle okay and that's it it's like no i'm not i'm not willing to settle yeah. for that i like the experience of a physical book i should have that i enjoyed the theatrical experience of being part of a community reacting to an artist's creation and to say yeah you don't really get that i no oh, I, I, the fact that we have yeah. no voice in the, oh it's it we me. do I'm, it's it's I'm our done. pocketbooks i mean that's that's what our <laughs> voice is but unfortunately yeah the theaters it's, it's there it's them they want to make as much money as they can. And so they're going to take the things that are going to get them the most money. And it's, it's yeah, yeah, like me paying 15 bucks to watch a digital projection, which costs them very little <laughs> to actually get into the theater. They're not shipping a you know, oh, know. physical print anywhere. What does it cost it's, you to upload it to that projector yeah. and charge me 15 bucks for it? Because I want to sit in a nice recliner. Yeah. I, I, Pete, I you make me so I, I said not at risk of poking the dragon. This is not the first uh, on Apple TV Plus service. They'd already released the trailers for The Elephant Queen and Hala, both of which do get a limited theatrical re release before they hit the streaming service. Sorry, Steve. All right. Next. <laughs> Smaug has been awoken. Great, great trailer, yes. though. <laughs> Hope I get to see it. Oh, wow. Thanks. Thanks for nothing, Apple. Yeah, that's that's going to be. I'm doing just fine with Apple TV Plus, right. y'all. That's going to be the frustrating thing because if there is product that yeah. you want to see, uh, like, are yeah. they still going to release physical copies? So, like, if you don't, oh, like Blu-ray, yeah. So, yeah. like, if you don't subscribe to a service, are you are you never going to get to watch that now, or will they still release it in some format so you can check it out from the library or something like that? Like, that's that's my fear. I have an incredibly difficult time imagining a company like Apple is going to release their movies on, physical media. on no. Blu-ray, on physical media. I have an incredibly hard but, time imagining uh, yeah. that's going to happen. It, it might because they they have been surprising me around every corner in in this thing. But but I, I just there it, is it a, a an surprise. audience though, and, and obviously, I mean, 
yeah. corporations aren't going to care about those particular audiences that only watch their product for free through the library, you know, or, you know, yeah, for yes. or other formats, you know, and so they might just not care anymore. And that might be where we are. And I mean, that will be sad, because if that's the case, then you're only going to get to watch these things if you subscribe to certain things, which is a weird place. Well, yeah. it. It will. It will be interesting because so much of Apple's mission is around like the intersection of technology and liberal arts. That's what they talk about. That's what their keynotes talk about. That's where they are. Yeah. They 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 put their mouths behind this particular message. And I think uh, I think it would be a real shame for Apple to ignore an, an audience that is not on the streaming service. And it would be very telling about the changing nature of their business, yeah. not just the industries. So. Um, Potentially a little hard. I guess we'll just that. have to wait and see. What? Uh, what's your trailer? I did a little trailer shift um, late last night because there was a trailer that I saw when uh, Steve and I went to see Parasite, which we didn't talk about, but we did, and I really loved it. The trailer was for The Lodge, though, a new film from Neon. And uh, this was one that I was uh, very excited about when I saw the trailer because it just looks downright creepy in all the best ways. Uh, very, very great. And, you know, at first watching it, I was like, this is a strange direction to go for a sequel to The Shack. I didn't know that this is kind of the direction <laughs> things would shift at some point, you know, go from that. <laughs> when did you start working on that joke? A while ago. Just a while ago. <laughs> I forgot it, that I had it. And so I had to rework it back in. <laughs> you just back pocketed. No, that was good. Yeah. I like how that played so, out. Um, but no, this, yeah. this film... It's the story of a, uh, a man and his two kids with his uh, fiance, soon to be their stepmom, who come to uh, who to go go stay stay in a uh, a lodge in the winter, and um, uh, he has to leave for something, and so he leaves this woman with uh, with his two kids and. The three of them, there's some tension between them because it's not their mom, all that sort of stuff. And then creepy stuff just starts happening. You know, is is she wandering the house in the middle of the night without realizing it? And, you know, the, the kids are really creeped out. Everything about the trailer looks great. Um, the, you know, all of the quotes <laughs> that pop up uh, throughout just make it that much more exciting uh, because everyone who's seen this clearly says it's just super scary. And uh, I just love all of that. I uh, am unfamiliar with the directing pair, Veronica France and Severin Fiala. Um, I I don't know if I've seen, let's see. Oh, Goodnight Mommy. I remember it saying, you know, from the directors of Goodnight Mommy, which I didn't see, but I did hear about and so that uh that piques my curiosity with that one um but this one you know we've got um the uh, riley how do you, i never know how to say her name is it keog keog yeah uh she's uh she is the the woman and then we have um uh the kids uh one of which and i uh, is a Jaden martell who is in it who uh does a great job as the as the main boy here and uh, yeah i just i love his look i you know from whether it's like saint vincent or um uh, what was the one midnight special that he was also in like he's a really oh, yeah. compelling yeah. child actor that i think is 
is going down a really interesting road with with his career. And so I don't know. Everything about this looks creepy and right up my alley. Very excited. What'd you guys think? Who, which one of you had the joke that this should be called Midwinter? <laughs> right. That's me. That was that was Aces. That That's was great. exactly what I felt. Who was Alicia Silverstone in the trailer? Did you? I don't did, think did, I. You see her I don't in the think trailer. She is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that is maybe the most intriguing thing about this trailer for me, uh, because I I think that this I'm still haunted house movies. Mm, that that's a tough one <laughs> for me to penetrate. Uh, my my interest. Uh, I'm gonna work on it, but it's tough. I'm seeing Alicia Silverstone uh, in the credits on this. Actually, is is really intriguing. I'd love to see what she's up to right now. And and uh, um. And and see her in a movie like this, I think, would be really fun. I the the trailer looks damn spooky, and uh, so I'll you know in, in my new uh, this is my new leaf where now I I apparently love horror movies. I'm going to check it out. That's what I, I was I, waiting I, to I hear. Li- wish I lived in Phoenix. <laughs> you guys could hold my hands. Oh. <laughs> We're actually actually here in Portland. We're what, in North North Phoenix, so uh, right, you guys yes. should just come over. <laughs> you just just watch it with JJ. You, you he can watch from like He's gonna over watch your shoulder from the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this this trailer should feel like home, though. I mean, it probably looks just like yeah. this out your window right now, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, this one uh, right now it has a release date. Uh, looks like in January it uh, premiered at Sundance earlier this year. Um, right now, U.S. Uh, and the Netherlands, February seventh. Um, weirdly, Mexico is getting it December sixth. So, if you want to go see it early, just uh, head down to Mexico. And well, I can do that on December sixth since I won't likely be able to see the banker on December sixth. <laughs> and we're right. still nursing that one. Okay. All right. Good. All right, Pete. Uh, my trailer is, uh, it's a film about a meteorite that strikes a small town and begins to grow a fantastical rainbow garden. And it sounds like it should be just delightful. Uh, until I tell you it's based on an HP Lovecraft property. It's called Color Out of Space. Also, by the way, it stars Nicolas Cage. And so, uh, it's probably not going to be what you think it is. I am surprised one of you guys didn't take, uh, on this trailer i was close uh, were you yep i'm glad i'm glad that actually is um that's redemptive for me uh the trailers or the the poster's pretty the trailer has lots of fun colors nicholas cage has is working on his subdued growly voice uh that what's <laughs> not to like a, a, about this film it is written by richard stanley sometimes controversial uh director and uh writer and uh scarlet uh amaris uh co-writer on that uh and it stars, who's it star? Nicholas Cage, Jolie Richardson, uh, Madeline Arthur, Koryanka Kilcher, and Tommy Chong. Which is why you show up for a movie like this. Who are we kidding? Yes. Uh, I don't, you know, I found myself intrigued by the trailer and uh, intrigued in a just like kind of a, hmm, there's a little fender bender on the highway. I'm going to look at that. I'm curious. I'm open to be surprised. The bar is pretty low for me uh, on this one, but it sure the visuals I, I thought uh, were particularly intriguing. What you guys think? Yeah, I, I was really intrigued by the look of this. Um, I mean, really, kind of everything. The fact that it was kind of based on an HP Lovecraft 
property. Uh, the it, it looks like it's going down an interesting road. I can't quite tell where uh, where the story is going to go, but it definitely piqued my curiosity. Um, I know Richard Stanley was um, notoriously taken off of the island of Doctor Moreau back in the nineties. Uh, and then I don't know really much of his work since then. I know he's been kind of doing a lot of indie small things. Um, but, um, yeah, so it was, it was odd to me that they plugged that cause I'm like, okay, so clearly it's for fans of something of his, I'm not sure. I know maybe some of his earlier stuff. Um, but you know, I don't know. There's something about Nicolas Cage in this era that, uh, even in his films that may not look that great, they still pique my curiosity. So I, I'm very curious about this one. Did you see Elijah Wood has a, a producing credit on this? I didn't notice that. I think that's fan. That's, no. that's fascinating. Hmm. Uh, no, it's. What do you think? It Steve? looks well. I'm I'm a fan of Richard Stanley's work in what was it? Hardware was that yeah. 1980, 1990, something yeah, like that. So. Yeah, no, I love the look, which is why I, I brought in a little extra lighting for, for myself here. It looks um, good. I, 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 I love the, the pinkish hue yeah. <laughs> to everything. <laughs> no, it, it, it has a very... I love the look of this. The story, I don't, I don't know, but I think it's it's an interesting. I, I'm not a Lovecraft fan, so I'm not familiar with this story. But this looks like a good trailer rewind pick. Again, two out of three here that JJ's not going to probably go for, but that's none of his business. He just gets to ride along with whatever <laughs> I pick. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Nicolas Cage, but yeah, it's going to be over the top Nicolas Cage, but. This looks like a really intriguing, you know, horror type, you know, mind bender film, which I'm always on board for. And uh, as it said, it was the return of Richard Stanley. I thought, oh, where where's he been? But he's, as Andy said, he's been doing these smaller indie films. But I guess this is the return to something, I don't know, that actually gets a theatrical yeah, release, maybe? maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, release date on this one looks like January 24th. I'm having to do this on a different thing. I don't know what are the, if, if you guys have other release dates, uh, that's it. But that, that's when it looks like we get it. Every, I, I'm doing the, the thing cause my computer's choking. So I'm doing it on my iPad. And when you click on release dates in the IMDB app, it just, it doesn't oh. take you to release dates. It wants to add no. the release date to your personal calendar. Oh, IMDB, lame. why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Says January 24th. Yeah, January 24th. That's 24th. correct. All right. We'll go with that. Yes. There you there go. You Colorado go. space. All right. Um, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do our lists. Really? So, uh, yeah, Do we have to <laughs> let's get let's rip this bandaid off. Yes. Okay. So, uh, you know, this week we uh, we were talking about um, what are we talking about this week on the show? I Video don't know. Drum. Video drone. And, uh, you know, the list that uh, that you guys came up with on our show talk channel over in discord for our poll was when your tech comes to life, figures whose characters exist only on a screen, and people with technology integrated into their bodies. Two out of three of those, I think, would have been exceptional lists. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Unfortunately, the one that uh, that we landed on, figures whose characters exist only on a screen, that's where it landed, and that's where we built our lists before somebody else voted and ended it in a tie. And so... So since we already did our lists, we're going with that one anyway. Um, so here we go. 
<laughs> movies with characters who only appear on a screen. I know I did a little, quite a bit of cheating. So oh, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, very loose interpretation of yes. figures, yes. characters. Every word that I'm about to say has air quotes around it. Go ahead. Who's first? <laughs> All right, Steve, kick us off. Keywords, I, Google and IMDb keywords and everything let me down. Even my brain let me down because I was like, oh, this movie. And I'm looking and I'm finding clips. I'm like, no, that failed. So I guess it's a slightly bending the rules if your story is about a director who is watching his film being played on network TV and then all kinds of crazy things happen with the commercials and characters from the commercials start ending up in the movie and and then he ends up in the movie. So technically they're all in the movie that's being projected on TV screens across Italy in 1989's The Icicle Thief. Either of you seen The Icicle Thief? I've heard of it. Uh, I never knew anything a, about it other than the title is a spoof on another famous right. Italian so, film. So it's it's 1989. So there's some really interesting effects when you've got people from color television commercials in this black and white film and color and black and white being mixed. And it's it's a really fun, entertaining film, but that's my first one because it all sort of takes place in the world of, or a vast majority of it takes place in the world of the movie that's being broadcast on like, you know, television. So that's where they're, they're in the screens. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's, this is where the list is going. My first one actually is, um, As soon as I saw that this was the list was, I, it was my obvious choice. I'm like, oh, of course that one. And in my brain said, well, that's there. It must be easy to come up with other ones. Yep. Uh, it didn't <laughs> prove to be the case, but this is my first one. And my brain tells me I am correct that this character never appears physically in the film. I could be wrong because I only saw it once. Um, but it's a film I really enjoyed. Um, this is the really kind of, Interesting, but off uh, uh, scoffed sci-fi film that uh, Tom Cruise did in 2013, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, um, Oblivion, because Melissa Leo's character uh, uh, as his commander, I can't remember, uh, what is her name? Let me look here, as the Tet, a.k.a. Sally, um, she, uh, he only ever communicates with her on the screen. And that's the, uh, you know, before he kind of realizes there's a bigger story and has to get up to the ship and all. And so that's like, maybe she appears at the end, but I think that she's not, not real. I think that, I think uh, not to spoil the movie, but Hey, um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, that's my recollection of that. Melissa Leo only appears on a monitor oblivion. Uh, it's a steal. Okay, so then maybe I'm right. Maybe she yeah, does appear. Right. Okay. You're right. But I'll tell you, my inner monologue did exactly the same thing you just did out loud <laughs> when I picked this movie. And I didn't, like, I looked at clips and I brought up the movie. I didn't have time to watch it. Well, I was, re- uh, I was reading the synopsis again. I'm like, okay, but it doesn't say. So I couldn't yeah, figure out. I know. Well, I can't believe that your first pick, like, wasn't the actually the easiest pick that I will go ahead and take, which is uh, 1987's adaptation of a an MTV sketch, <laughs> which is Max Headroom. Uh, and I think I saw that film only once. And so there's a chance that maybe 
Matt Brewer is in the movie, but I can't remember that he is. I think he really only exists on those screens. I think that was kind of... Oh, no. It, it, once he becomes Matt Headroom, but he's a reporter right. first. Yeah, right. right. And then he's he crashes. First. Then he crashes and he crash. becomes... And so yeah. he's the character of Max Headroom. So that's what I'm going with. Right. Loose loose interpretation again. Of, of right. Character. He crashes into a sign at a, like a parking garage and it yeah. says, you know, Maximum or Max Headroom. Headroom. Or, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Shires that was Thomas nice kind of... Ever. I, I remember that that movie thinking, wow, look what they did. They just made a movie out of that thing that never existed before. From a I that was... forgot that that started as like a TV movie. Yeah, and a commercial. Is that It started as a commercial? It, well, he was a... Yeah, yeah it was a, yeah. a commercial. He, he a, yeah. Uh, and MTV uh, sketch, and then... Yeah, yeah, right, okay. Movie. Yeah, yeah. And then it yeah. became a TV series, and I, I watched yes. that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was a fan. Weird. What a weird thing to have a growing, like, the Max Headroom cinematic universe about. That's a weird thing. Yeah. That's okay. We'll get an announcement that. next week. Next week, they'll be announcing they're bringing that back. So Actually, sure. I hear that Max Headroom is in this new Vietnam era movie with James <laughs> Dean. It's going to be very strange. He was the only one that they, they could cast. He was the only one could do it. Yes. You know, I'd buy that argument more than James Dean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, do we have second picks? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, so this this builds off of your pick, Pete. Oh, good uh, for my me. Nu- my, my number two is, um, and I do have to give credit to my wife and my brother for helping it out because I was drawing blanks all over the place uh, on this, but. <clears throat> So Max Headroom was a thing in the 80s. And so when you go into the future, into 2015, and have a retro bar that's about the 80s, you have Max Headroom-esque characters, right? Mm -hmm. Which, in Back to the Future 2, it's not one of the Max Headroom characters I'm talking about. Actually, Marty's co-worker, Needles, played by Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, only appears on the TV screens in that Hmm sequence when marty gets fired wow we see needles later on in back to the future three right. when they're drag racing and all that but that character which is a brief appearance but only appears on screen that's a that's actually a great pick that is that's a good a great, one yeah. that's a really good pick i was i was oh, racking my you. brains for like movies like that where it's like okay there has to be like yeah. a sequel or something where there's a character who appears later in the film in a different film but in one film it's only that and uh, but yeah, i didn't yeah. that one didn't pop to mind so yeah thank you tavis sarmento for that good on you yep my next choice um is another one that feels like an obvious choice for this and uh, again i was racking my brains going is this correct uh, and I couldn't 100% agree, but I think I am right. It is the film from 1984 called 1984. And it is Big Brother who is appearing on the screen. And we only, as my recollection is, we only see him on the screen. I think we see Richard Burton at one point on the screen too, but we do see him in the film. But I think Big Brother himself, played by Bob Flagg, only ever appears on the screen. So uh, really interesting adaptation I quite enjoy uh, with John Hurt. And, uh, yeah, that's my second pick, 1984. 1984. Uh, okay. Was that, that wasn't a steal then, huh? It it was not a steal. No. Um, I, so I have one that I'm, I'm bringing up from the bonus picks because I had a steal 
And I just can't remember. I just can't remember. So you tell me if it doesn't work, if you remember it otherwise, fine. I think when Forrest Gump goes to meet Richard Nixon, we only see Richard Nixon through a TV screen. <laughs> I, uh, that okay. may be true. That may be true with a number of the, okay. the characters. I think so, that might be true with John Lennon also. <laughs> right. So I think there is there are, let's just say, whatever characters only show up on a TV screen in the movie Forrest Gump, that's what I'm going <laughs> for. The, How about that? <laughs> Uh, that works. That works. All right, Steve. Pete, you have little icons for the steals and all that and double steal do, and, yeah. and all of that. Can we get a special icon for Woody Allen movies that Pete should have had on his list that he did not put on his list? <laughs> Whoa. The Purple Rose of Cairo. Half oh, that cast, or majority that cast screen. is stuck only on the screen, Pete. Okay. And I know we've used Purple Rosa Cairo several times before, but what is that icon? Is it the man with his hand on his forehead icon? Is that yes, it? Yes, I think that. Yeah. <laughs> but he has to look like Woody Allen from Bananas with that big, like the big hair. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Right. I should have thought yeah. about that one. That's a really interesting Woody Allen film. For my last one, um, I'm kind of landing in the area where where Pete ended. Um, This is a film that uh, I I think it's I'm hard pressed to to really say uh, that it works. But um, (laughs) but I'm using his rule, which uh, and and I said Bill Clinton because I was thinking of my movie, Bill Clinton. I'm thinking of Contact, of course, uh, with. uh, uh, Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey. Um, but also, I, I think it's semi-fair to say John Hurt, even though he appears in the film earlier. But I would say that his his famous line from that, want to take a ride, which is only on the screen while he's up in the space station, I think that alone deserves to be on this list just because it's such a great moment of a character on a screen. I will never object to putting contact on the list. I wonder, I'm still building the database. I wonder how many times we've had contact on the list. I know I've picked it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure things have popped up before. We need to start watching more movies, clearly. That's right. Uh, Okay. My (laughs) my final. Uh, This is what I like to call my hand-wringing, I give up, who were the idiots who picked this list pick? And uh, it is... It is one of my very favorite movies, and it is as far from, in my own mind, a legitimate pick as I could come. That is Samantha from Spike Jones' 2009 fantastic AI hit, Her. I love the movie. I could have got, I had a whole list of, I've got Gertie from Moon, I've got Whopper from War Games, uh, and uh, Samantha from Her, but I thought, I don't want to do a whole AI list that I adore. So I landed on this one just because I'm out <laughs> just <laughs> out of ideas. Uh, I can't wait for the community to jump in because uh, I, I'm sure yeah, what there are, are we so forgetting? super are we obvious forgetting? ones. Uh, I had her so, on my backup list. So that's did you one. really? Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, Nick and Meteor Plum and come on, you guys bring it. What do you got? Yeah. What did we miss? So, so we did have contact on the Best first contact with aliens on Earth list. It was also in the nonsense, nonsensical use of technology to solve a plot right. problem. 
Oh, you two need um, to get together because it sounds like you've already done all the yeah. research that Pete's redoing. No, no, no. I just I have a I have a Google Doc called Satmat, and that's where I put my notes, and I just sort of log, you know. Because I because for a while it was well we can't use that movie it was already used on a list because somebody has real strict rules about things <laughs> and so I was trying to <laughs> trying to keep track of those I, I'm not strict on that rule okay uh, <laughs> anyway rules. it was an interesting and difficult list I my backups were all like um uh um films like the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity where I'm like, oh, I can that, yeah. argue found that footage, it's found so footage all... <laughs> and technically someone's watching it and they're on the screen. <laughs> that was where I was going with all of my backups. <laughs> yeah, my my backups were sort of AI stuff like Hal. He's, yeah. you know, sort of on the screen and then uh, Electric Dreams, which I think actually, Andy, did you did you mention that last yeah. week? If But that was for the other list of... Technology, technology comes to life or something. Yeah, I can't life or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, but but the computer character is always on a screen there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Well, right. there Let's it is. Let's get to a new there list. There it is. Let's get to a yeah. new so list. So this please. week uh, we are going to be talking about uh, Dead Ringers. We'll be closing out our David Cronenberg series. So uh, Steve and I were chatting about this last night, Pete, and we decided we 100% are ruling off the option to put any films about gynecologists on here. <laughs> Outstanding. I was going to come to that as table stakes, too. Yeah. yeah we're like, no, nah, we're not even going to. Because if this is where people, because, you know, people will vote on it. And then you're yeah. like, okay, well, where are we with, <laughs> with that? It did remind, as I was driving home, it did remind me of, Saturday Night Live sketch from a long time ago, Mel Gibson, dream gynecologist. Yeah. And it was Mel Gibson and I think John Lovitz were the two gynecologists that, that shared practice and everybody went to go see Mel and he was, John Lovitz like, I've got, you know, I've got an opening. Everybody's like, no, and the ladies like, no, 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 we'll yeah. wait. Well, that's a, that was the gaff on that Richard Gere movie, right? Doctor, was it Dr. T and the women or whatever? It was, yeah. that was not a good movie. See? <laughs> All right, so not so so the Dead Ringers non gynecological list. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what what did you come up with? Twins. Well, we did twins. twins. Yeah. Twins. Twin movies. Good. Do yeah, they need to be identical? Freak, Freaky Fridays. Do we lot. want to say identical twins? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think we probably. have to say. I think that's twins. yeah. Okay. Um, what else? How about um something involving like the strange tools? Like unique, yeah. unique movie tools. I don't want to say medical instruments because then we're going to get ourselves into trouble. But yeah. if we say unique movie tools only seen in film or something like that. Yeah. Wacky tools. Yeah, wacky tools. Wacky looking tools. Wacky tools. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's going to pick that, you guys. Uh, I don't know where you're going to start. Fine. <laughs> we'll find something. Uh, I've got one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had yeah. one for this one, too. I know. I know. Uh, okay, uh, whack, and uh, when's the last time we did uh, drug-addled decline movies? Oh, oh okay. that's a good one, yeah. I don't know, let me check Spoiler. the list. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good list. We got identical twins, wacky yeah. tools, and drug-addled decline movies. Yeah. Excellent. I like it. All right, let's do it. All right, that is going up in the Show Talk channel over on Discord, so... 
head over there. If you have access to it, uh, you are a Patreon supporter. We appreciate that. Go, go over to thenextreel.com slash Patreon, become a Patreon supporter, and then get into the Show Talk channel and get your vote in before next week. I We may be recording a little early next week, so get your votes in before what? Thursday? Midday? Thursday, yeah. I think we're going to yeah. have... I think we're recording Thursday night next week. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think that's true. Well, that would be up to you. Uh, that's true. I don't know yet. Uh, right. so we may, might actually, be I think I think we're probably on Saturday next week and Thursday the week after. That's yeah, I think that's to our, yeah, I, our yes. winter yeah. schedule. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. The winter, right. the winter schedule. Oh. Well, that's true because I probably will not be here for this list. So you guys will have to sort it out on your own. Oh, well, that's good. Then send me your movies. Don't send them to Steve. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Wait, so we're recording Thursday, but Andy's no, still no, not no. going to be here. No, we're recording Saturday next week. Yeah. We're here. Yeah, I, I was thinking of the following okay. week. I was thinking yeah. of the following week. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Got it. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, all of, uh, all of our listeners. We appreciate it. Hondo. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.